It's called Seeking Alpha. So Seeking Alpha, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's free, and it works. And yeah, they're probably annoyed because of my my VPN was this to ensure it was up in the future and I would JavaScript to your browser. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Just click the link, bro. It's fine. <laughs> Gentlemen, ladies, comrades, welcome to episode 16 of the Comfy Show. Back in English and the new programming. Today we'll having we'll be having a look, warming up here, at investing versus trading. We're gonna have a look at given that the Comfy lifestyle will eventually become a thing, these prices is uh we're we're, we're not quite there yet, but eventually there will come a point. We believe that there will come a time when people want to secure their assets and um, maybe diversify a bit. So there's a couple of ways to do this. Same as that there's a couple of ways to acquire your initial wealth. And uh, we'll be touching on this. So it's an uh, investing versus trading and uh, Warren Buffett's rules of investing uh, episode. Got to be pretty interesting. Um, we have some uh, some things on the ready, and uh, could become a spicy discussion because uh, not everybody agrees on on everything. But uh, we'll throw our take out there, and of course, we'll have a look at the quant price crypto market, and um, and where we are going, or at least where we are. Because where are we going? No one knows. And I was saying, we we don't need cars where we're going, something like that. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's from Back to the Future, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Gilbert used that quote actually. In where, where we're going, we don't need roads, dock, something like that. Anyway, wait, Tim, you were yeah, in Ireland. Yeah. You're back. I was. Uh, I'm googling. We're going to. Yeah, it's where we're going. We don't need roads. We're going back. Oh, we don't need roads. Yeah, well, I was in Ireland, indeed. Um, well, I'm still, I'm still kind of ill. Uh, so I came back last Wednesday. Currently, it's Tuesday, the nineteenth of September. So I came back yes. on the thirteenth. I'm still kind of struggling with the fact that I'm still ill. Uh, <laughs> because I did a lot of things in Ireland. Uh, when you, well, when you were. Recording the Dutch episodes together with uh, Boss and Niels and talked about SATP and the, and the tech behind Overledger. I was actually enjoying Ireland. Uh, so, we, yeah, we I was there, obviously, for the, the game of Ireland against the Netherlands on Sunday. Who, who won? We we did. The, the Dutch team won. Uh, it nice. was uh, a 1-2 away victory. And actually, came, I was actually on television. Uh, you could see me. Uh, I was, I was, uh, the, the cameras was per, actually turned towards me right after they scored a goal. So you see me celebrate as soon as the. In the Lions uh, suit again? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was there. <laughs> uh, was, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but it's kind of a 
for me, the football is kind of a detail of the entire trip. Uh, so on the second day, we came in on Friday during the Irish heat wave. It was kind of pretty warm there. I mean, in the Netherlands, it was boiling. It was 30 degrees. And we came to Ireland. I expected it to be a bit colder, but it was still like 25, 26 degrees. Uh, well, you have to travel day, so you're kind of really tired on the first day. On the second day, uh, I, I met up with Andy and Steve, Patrick, Patrick or Steve. Oh Oof. no, this is this is. I, I drank. <laughs> I drank. Oh, oh, this is really. I am not cutting this out. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> gonna blame this on the. I'm, I'm, oh, this is. Oh, this is really embarrassing. Um, oh no. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think the Guinness. Uh, the Guinness hit me. Uh, so basically, Andy, uh, uh, well, and Quant, uh, comrades from from Ireland, uh, well, we were in contact uh, because he also obviously follows the Irish uh, football team, and he knew that we were playing against each other. He also knows that I follow the Dutch team wherever we go. So already back in March, I think of this year, we were talking about, hey, uh, you'll be coming if you're coming to Ireland, we should meet up. Then we didn't talk for a long time until quite recently before the game and then I was like okay what are we gonna do you know the, the, the usual how are you gonna meet up and well the weather was really nice uh, so it was like 25 degrees in Ireland and they said well you can come to uh, the little town where they live Bray in, in, the, in oh, it's, it's kind of south of Dublin like 15 minutes by train and we just met up uh, in well, one of the pubs there uh, we visited two of them and it was kind of Irish drinking, so you start at like 5 p.m. You don't eat, you just you stay there, you drink, and you drink, and you drink, and it's uh, suddenly it's 11 p.m., you need to take the last train home. And that was a really nice experience, because you're just sitting there, and you're with... I didn't know them, right? But they know me, so kind of you're talking to people who know you without being at the other way around, if it makes any sense. So, that, that was a very weird experience. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember vividly from so, when I went to Scotland to meet yeah. uh, David Dowie. And yeah, we met the dude there. He actually recognized me on the street. And that's that's pretty similar, right? Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, we've got a really nice conversation about quants. And then it, it, it's so strange to be far away from home um, in a strange setting where you don't know anyone. And you're still talking about the same language as you always do. You, you're still talking about the same. You're using the same jargon, if that makes any sense, right? You, you use the same Gilbertisms. It's about overledger. It's about what they do, the vision of the company. Uh, all the time you enter the market, we talked about you as well. Uh, it's kind of a shame you weren't there. So we'll we'll have to meet up again. Sure, um, I yeah, love Ireland, but, man. Yeah, it, it it was just in short a very amazing experience and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, we, I was there for like five, six hours, but it felt way shorter. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so thanks again for the hospitality. I really, uh, really loved it. Um, yeah, and I really enjoyed the Guinness as well. So that's a bit <laughs> about me. Then, no, actually it wasn't. So then the day after we, we had like the, the, the football game. I don't know if you know anything about it, but like the Dutch fans go crazy. <laughs> Whenever we go somewhere, it's uh, like we just built this it's like celebrating King's Day, but being away from home. And well, all the Irish people, they actually loved it. Uh, so that was it's very weird to have an orange parade in Dublin. Uh, I think the only one that's allowed. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Irish history, where like the, they have like the Protestants against the Catholics. And then 
uh, the color orange is kind of, I think it's, let's not enter here, but I, the <laughs> Irish hate the color orange. Let's do it with Northern Ireland in the entire history there. Uh, but yeah, that was just a lovely away game. Uh, the, the day after it, visited the two museums. I visited the museum. Did a well, the Irish Catholic tradition is associated with the color green. Protestants associate with the color orange because of William of Orange. The Protestant exactly. king who overthrew Roman Catholic, Catholic King James II in the Glorious Revolution. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that... Um, then the weather was kind of terrible. It was really good here in the Netherlands. Uh, and then, like on our final day, we we went to the other side of the country, so towards the cliffs of Moher and Galway. So we did this thirteen-hour bus trip, uh, waking up at five a.m. and you're uh, in the bus until eight p.m. So it, it, it was really intense. And then you're traveling back with Ryanair, so you you're guaranteed to be sick and miserable after your holiday and it was exactly my experience uh so yeah that's a bit about me in short i really enjoyed your episodes in dutch uh it's a shame for english listeners that we did it in dutch and that it's not kind of translated because you guys were really onto something uh, last week maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about that mm. or not i mean it's, yeah. it's, it's very technical so we, we can't really yeah. explain it i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we really tried to, to make it simple, keep it simple, um, going through the architecture a bit. Uh, I think we did it in English before, but um, in in general, consensus is just what people expect, right? You have two gateways. Those gateways communicate. Um, in between is the, is the protocol. And before that, you have a certain architecture. And after that, you have a certain architecture. Um, and the, the, there, there was a lot of discussion as to what happens where. Um, I'm going to be going into detail. There's no point. But yeah, that was cool. And we also had, obviously, a boss on the show. It was uh, pretty critical uh, when it came to the actual development facing us, right, as to what is promised or what is being announced uh, compared to what is actually live slash going on. Um, I, I, I think that was justified. I just think the conclusions that Buzz drew, I didn't agree with. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't agree with conclusions. I think there's, there's, there's more to it, but um Boss and I don't share the same psychology when it comes to those type of things. Um, and, and he's actually the one that's been hands-on um, and, and he values that very much. So if then that is if that is one of the, the main indicators for a person, if something is good or not good, and he expects something to be as advertised, and it is then not, um, then that's a bummer. And he expressed that vividly. Um, he did. Yeah. Which was also interesting. And, and it got me, got me thinking. Um, and I think I agree, right? That yeah, whatever is well. facing us, right? The public stuff, 
um, is not done. It's not working the way it should. But yeah. I also feel that there is another side to the things, and that is what's being used on the enterprise side of things. And and just looking at the testimonials from the BIS, Nexi, Lectchain, etc., that has to be logically wise in my head at a far greater, further, more advanced state of development. And um, to me, it, it 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 felt like Boss couldn't go there. No, any 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 more. Um. Yeah, that, that just bummed him out. Yeah. Yeah. So without speaking for Boss, uh, yeah. just trying to interpret. I mean, it's I cannot speak on behalf of him. I'm just trying to interpret what he says and then make a translation. Uh, so kind of his point indeed is that he's one of the few people who's been hands on with like Overledger Publics. Uh, well, what's being advertised on X uh, on the let's call it Twitter for the sake of. Uh, Let's keep it simplicity. <laughs> simplicity, yeah. and they advertise as something that for nostalgia's works. sake. Yeah, for as a, as a, like a product that works and that you can actually engage with, you can use it. It's plug and play. But then, once you start working with it, it's just a broken product. And well, Boss has been one of the few people who's actually been hands on with it, uh, which gives us a unique insight, <laughs> I think, in, into what's going on there, and. I think he has a very valid point, um, but then kind of to extend his critique is that it might be true, it might not be true here. Like here, it really comes to into what do you believe, like, right? So do you, do you do you only take the things for granted that we can actually verify, or is there more to it? And and I think boss is more on the strand of saying, okay, um, we see Overwatch Republic not working as well as it should and then we should believe at least like in our investment thesis that like the enterprise version of it should be this product that is at least um working better or at, in a different stage of development let's uh, let's say and he kind of takes it to the point where this might actually also just be consultancy right just like a consultancy job of like testing it in certain cases where we don't even know whether it will actually work, or we don't really have any signs of real usage. We just can't verify that as properly as we can. That's kind of what he said. I mean, yeah. I'm getting lost in translation here, so don't no. take me a huge grain of salt, but that's kind of where yeah. what he hints at. Like, we just can't simply... We cannot really verify it, so... In well, should we trust I, I, with that? And, and and after this, we're moving on to the scheduled programming. But oh, absolutely, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think I think that is BS because in the BIS report, they clearly stated that they they had a working product, and that uh, Mastercard or now Visa and um, and I forgot all the other names. <laughs> all those guys, Amazon, they've been working with it. They had been playing with it. They had been I mean, that is not the way they describe that hypothetical because UST delivered the front end. So what would you be delivering a front end for if it is all hypotheticals and experimental? Yes, it was an experiment, but they were actually playing around with stuff that worked. And 
that is the case. We know Nexi has been paying and has been operational for a while. Spoonta has been operational. There have been plenty of reports for that. So to me, that throws the hypothesis that Quant is merely consulting straight out of the window. I'd yeah. say there, there, there's, there's a lot more um, going on. But, I mean, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could very well indeed be a consultancy job in this case, uh, but that doesn't what case? mean that it's like in, in the case of Project, Project Rosalind, right? It's writing report, doing tests. Uh, that might be a consultancy okay. there, but it doesn't mean the, that everything the, is consultancy here, right? The, and then the, 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 the consultancy doesn't make any sense. Just trying to work out what works, like experimenting, demoing. It, 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 let's not move this way, please. Yeah. I think we should just continue with, with our program. Yeah. It gets really difficult I... here, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of someone who can't speak for himself right now. So let, let us know in the comments if you want boss on the show. And uh... Yeah, and Niels, like, we, we can do this in English, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. We'll take a <laughs> very big teddy bear as the thumbnail. Yeah, that, uh, anyways, it was a very enjoyable show, also with like the progress on SCTP and What's going on on the technical side? Because we, yeah, we kind of fail. We don't fail, but like we, we kind of overlook it because I do not understand, right? <laughs> I'm going to be completely yeah. honest with you here. I just, I, I'm not as tech savvy as you think I might have. <laughs> I, I, I think we actually already have a boss and Nils on as it, but I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. If it's in the show notes, it's there. So, um, all right. Because what what we discussed here, right? What is your investment thesis? Why would you uh, hold your tokens, buy tokens, or or not? Um, can be relevant, right? Um, in our case, right? If we choose the in the investing route of things, and it is not as black and white. If if we're gonna look at Investopedia, link is in the description. Uh, we're gonna use that as our guide rails. Um, I like to make trading and investing very black and white just to get the point across. Oh, and to make everything very clear, I know this is no legal meaning, but we are not financial advisors. We're just a bunch of retards that were very, very lucky buying and finding and buying a token um, that has very good potential. But we did learn a thing and a trick or two um, I was actually looking at starting off with a diversified portfolio before I went into quant, dumped all my profits from there into this. Um, but yeah, do, do not regard this as financial advice. Do your own research um, and form your own uh, opinions, right? Everybody has different needs. Everybody has different wallets, different risk appetites, time horizons, and so on. So that being said, um, let's itchy ear. Oh, pulling apart my earbuds, really nice. Um, we're we're going to have a look at the Investopedia thing and um, then we'll make a, a, a little discussion out of it because we also have another two topics we want to cover and we were attempting to keep this episode around an hour. How long are we in, Tim, by the meantime? 
Uh, I think we're in for, uh, let's see, uh, 19 minutes, 15 seconds. So we had like 15 minutes of introduction, which is longer than usual, but I'll take it. All right. So what you see on the screen right now is Investopedia. Investopedia, in my opinion, is a very nice resource to get um, what you see here, an overview of, of topics. You can get a very nice feel for what something means. Um, generally, the terminology, if you look for a specific term, you can find it on Investopedia and you can to a degree trust what is written there. Right. Yeah, it is a gem on the internet, in my opinion. Yeah, it's really it's moderately curated, so it is not like crypto Twitter, where every idiot monkey with a with a keyboard can can throw shit on there. Um, so you you can use this here. This is fact checked and it is reviewed, um, but which is which is nice. So if you want to do some research, dive into this. If you don't agree with something, doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah, that's for the linkies out there. Um, sorry, couldn't resist. Use this and the information you find here to do your own research, DIOR, further if you want to. So investing versus trading, what's the difference? Um, Investopedia says, writes, investors generally seek larger returns over an extended period through buying and holding. Traders, by contrast, take advantage of both rising and falling markets to enter and exit positions over a shorter time frame, taking smaller and more frequent profits or losses. <laughs> the or losses is not in there, but I want to add that because we'll get to that in a bit. Um yeah, so the key takeaways, investing takes a long-term approach to the markets and often applies to such purposes as retirement accounts. Trading involves short-term strategies to maximize returns daily, monthly, or quarterly, and investors are more likely to ride out short-term losses while traders will attempt to make transactions that keep, sorry, that can help them profit quickly from fluctuating markets. Yeah. So this, for most people, will be known, right, Tim? Is this so? Did, does this sound familiar? Or it really does. Yeah, you you could say that trading is still like investing is long term trading, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 the larger returns over an extended period through buying and holding. To me, that differentiates um, investing versus trading. So looking at quant, right? I'd like to regard myself as a quant investor. I did my research. I know in depth, to agree, what I'm buying, what it does, why, how it will possibly be profitable in the future. And I have a, a, a longer time horizon for this, right? Like, let's say up until 2030 at least. Um, I think... <clears throat> To, to add one thing to it, like I think this, I agree with this definition. Um, I also think like some things get lost in the language here. So, for example, in, in Dutch, you would have investors and beleggers. And the first one would be an investor, and the second one is kind of you can translate this in, in, in English. There, there's no way, I'm not sure, there, there might be a synonym. 
But like the first one implies that you actually invest in a company, like that you actually become part of it. And the other one is more like, oh, I'm just going to throw some money there. I'll let it stand for a while. And I'm not. I, I, I have to disagree. It, I, I think it is both <clears throat> okay. the no, same, no, the same be... thing. But I think what you're confusing it with is investing <clears throat> is buying into a company at a, at a bigger scale. Yeah, okay, and fair enough. That might also be the case. What yeah. we call beleggen um, is 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 kind of like speculating. Um, maybe, maybe that's oh, not long uh, term, not a long time frame. Yeah, that that might. Yeah, be so I mean, it's it's <laughs> same as English. Uh, the, the word love has multiple meanings, <laughs> so you have a lot of different words for the same thing in 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 Dutch. Not really yeah. an analogy, but. No, um, but th that's the problem with definitions. Like you, th th you can't come up with one perfect definition because there are too many. Uh, yeah, but in general, even if you go onto Robinhood and you yeah. buy fractional uh, shares, you are still buying part of the company. So as long as you um, as you buy stocks, shares, whatever you want to call it, ETF, you are eligible to. <laughs> the percentage of X uh, that you own. So if you own 0.1% of Coca-Cola, you are 0.1% holder of Coca-Cola and uh, you're eligible for the rewards or the losses, no, eh, to a degree, of, um, of, of what you own. Um, still trading is also investing and both traders and investors use similar strategies generally to a degree, right? You always want to try and and, and, and pick the right moment in time. And so well, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so okay. lo more long-term, more concentrated bets, generally investing um, whilst traders are um, taking more bets generally for shorter term, shorter term, whilst also trying to get out of nasty situations while investors uh, just weather the storm. Um, so, um, building a portfolio for investors versus traders um, could be a pretty big difference. And, and we'll get to Warren Buffett um, after we go to price after this. Um, but he generally initially picked larger bets and, and researched them well and took larger positions. While traders generally um, use more of a buckshot methodology. Not that they don't research, but they are more inclined to, to generalize, I think, and I'm oversimplifying. Um, so, so rather look broader than uh, than narrow and deep. So they are aware of more um, separate interesting stocks, for instance, or cryptos. They make an assessment of the market, and then they they throw in money over multiple multiple channels to multiple assets, but just smaller piles. Um, and then be active while uh, while markets are up to capitalize if something gains or 
to uh, mitigate losses, um, something drops. Um, ETFs, um, stocks, baskets, stocks, mutual funds, bonds, these are all things that we will dive into when we're going in a future uh, episode to asset diversification um, because these are all um, asset classes, not, not really, um, can't find the word right now, blanking, but that you can invest in, speculate on, and some of the things of these things lend themselves, I think, better for trading, others better for, uh, for investing. Now, this is all information on uh, things you want to consider, right? Price to earnings, uh, fundamentals, etc. Um, and then we come to the investment styles, and this is this is what where it becomes interesting, and it also begins to rhyme with the title of the show. So you have active investors, you have passive investors, and the definitions are actually what you would expect, right? A, a, a buy and a hold for the passive and um, seeking out particular uh, investments and, and, and trying to turn a profit um, and then sell them um, is more for the active investing. Time horizon we spoke of as well briefly. Um, for how long are you willing to hold something? How deep does your research go? How far does it extend? What are we? How would we classify? What? On the type of investor. So if you go up on the page. Yeah. We are passive active investors, I think. Active passive investors. Because we... Yep. <laughs> do, do, do you make we, changes to your allocation of your portfolio regularly? Uh, I do on like... Perhaps on like every six weekly? months or so. No, not yeah, weekly. No, that, no. Then, then you're then you're pass. I mean, passive. if you're active, yeah. if you're active, that that would mean that if you see that the market takes a plunge, you are aware and you're actually acting on it. I'm not. I'm not doing that. No. In in, in my opinion, <laughs> no. But we might be the exception that kind of confirms the rule with our uh, with our little podcast and everything we do. Mm. Uh, to follow Quant's book, we don't take any action upon it with our portfolios. We just, it's just I there. think, I think most people also looking at the Quant trading and on-chain analysis group, link in the description. I think the vast majority of people are also passive investors, but they're active in a community. They just want to be involved. Yeah, but exactly. They're not, they're, so, but they're not, they're not really acting on what they're doing. Right. No. Um, this is what they say. They were trying to to min max uh, certain benchmarks. Right. Uh, yeah. Some of us are those before, active investors. Some people in the community are. Uh, <laughs> if you're an active investor, reach out. We would love to pick your brain because most people we know bought DCA and hold and. Um, It'd be a really interesting discussion, very educational to get you on the show. So and I think they, they're also kind of a different breed, uh, breed than traders. So like traders are actually, actually just looking at, at, at markets and don't really care about what they hold. But active investors are generally more 
interested like in the fundamentals behind it will still act upon it yeah so they, they yeah, might sure. switch narrative so, so there's this this minor difference which kind of distinguishes between yeah. like the traders among us and like the, the active investors yeah but i think for the speaking for the quant community also for our listeners i think the vast majority are passive investors we we just yeah. see it we take it for granted and we're comfy yeah yeah, and here when it comes to time horizon, they speak of more than a year for buy and hold is um, generally the, the, the investing type, um, like waiting up to your retirement, stuff like this. Um, all right, this is also interesting. Investors often enhance their profits by compounding or reinvesting any profits and dividends into additional shares of stock. Um, and that is what, what more people do with the staking, right, in crypto. Um, people stake, for instance, their check D or, or whatever, and they do that in a pool, and then their profits automatically get reinvested. So you get the compounding interest going on top of your dividends reinvested or your interest. Yeah. Um, still passive. And that's actually... Um, what I'll be eyeballing for the future later. We'll get to that. Um, so trading involves more frequent transactions. Buying, selling of stocks, commodities, currency pairs, and other instruments generate returns that outperform buy and hold investing. While investors may be content with an annual return of 10 to 15, traders might seek 10% return each month. Um, yes, so, so, so that is the thing, right? Um, do you do your research? Do you have uh, trust in, in in your bet? Did you buy? Do you hold? Um, do dips matter? Are you looking at your screen nonstop, stressed out whether you want to buy or sell or not? Some people get a rush from it. But yeah, you'll get better returns if you're an active trader and you're really good. Usually they'll outperform people that, that just hold. At least that's the idea. And I'll bet there are people on Wall Street uh, that are very good at this. Um, so trading profits are generated by buying at a low price, selling at a higher price with a relatively short time period. Reverse is also true. Trading profits can be made by selling at a higher price and buying to cover at a lower price. And selling short to profit in falling markets. Um, Buy and hold investors wait out less profitable positions. Traders seek to make profits within a specified period of time and often use a protective stop loss order, etc. As you can see, complexity goes up because the risk goes up, right? Stop losses. Um, I, I've used it once, I think, just to try it. And apparently I fucked something up with my leverage and I lost all my shit. Um, I, I used them in my <laughs> early days, like when I was still on the, the I told you about this, like this Dutch equivalent of Robinhood in the past, go to Richens episodes in the beginning. Uh, I used them then, <laughs> uh, but I, I would usually just hit my stop loss and then I would still lose a lot of money. I'm not a good trader, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they define it here further, right? So for trading, you have position traders held for months to years. So that could still be right. So let's say you want quant 
I mean, this this edges towards DCA. Um, you, you just accumulate what you can whenever you can. Swing traders holding positions for days to weeks, trying to ride the cycles. Just easy, bro. Just buy low, sell high. And then they just they start off with 10. Then they got 10 and a half Q&T after one cycle. Then they have 10 and a half to invest. And then they'll make another. But then they make a whole Q&T and so on. Day traders hold their positions throughout the day with no overnight positions. Obviously, this is not relevant to crypto because crypto is a 24-hour economy. And trust me, stocks will go there as well eventually, I think. Or at least the derivatives will. And then you got scalp traders. Uh, they hold trades for seconds to minutes with no overnight positions. Um, and as you can see, the lower you go on this list, the more involved it gets. Um, trading styles are based on account size, amount of time dedicated, level of experience, personality, and risk tolerance. Um, yeah, so this is interesting. I mean, um, we've all seen Wolf of Wall Street. And uh, there's also one with Michael Douglas, I forgot. Uh, so Wall Street, I think it's Wall Street. It takes a certain personality to be a scalp day swing trader, I think. I think most people are not made for the high risk, high energy, fast changing pace of everything. They are, uh, but they are for like a couple of couple of weeks or months at best and then they wander away wander away in, in, in huge losses saying everything yeah. is a scam yeah so if we scroll down to the key differences right so the length of time that an investor and trader hold their asset diverges noted above investors normally have a longer time horizon in mind typically more than a year trades on the other hand normally hold on to their assets for a short time frame so the potential for loss is among the key differences between the two. There's a risk of losing your money regardless of whether you hold it for the long term or for a short period of time. But the risk increases for traders for several reasons. They tend to hold into their assets for a shorter time frame, and they are also more open to holding a diverse set of assets, those that investors may not necessarily keep in their portfolios. This includes futures and swaps. So unlike investing, trading requires a great deal of time, effort, understanding of the market, and research. Many traders are experienced, have a greater sense of how the market works, while investors may also be experienced. A great many aren't. <clears throat> as such, they may rely on the expertise of financial experts, such as financial advisors. So, um, what's more profitable? Those things, um, I recommend read for yourself. Um, bottom line, this is... Um, People often confuse investing and trading using the terms interchangeably, but it's easy to see why, because there are some distinct similarities, such as the need to open accounts, deposit money, buy, sell assets, but the two are very different. Investors have a much longer time horizon. Traders, we all spoke about this. So why did we name this? Do you make money while you sleep or do you trade? We chose to, to do our research and go big on, uh, on quant. And yeah. this is not buying advice, right? I, I, I still hold some other tokens that I acquired during the time. 
um, that I'm in crypto. I'm only here for what's that? Three years. But I pretty early on made a decision to to research what, and I'm talking specifically crypto. What I am looking for, what I want to achieve, and how I want to do this, and. My goal was financial freedom, right? Retire early and take risks, but but calculated risks, right? Making an attempt to understand um, what I'm what I'm doing or where I put my money in, and 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 put in as little effort um, as possible. I'm curious. Then, what, what was your idea? Was it was it similar or? or uh, I didn't really. I think my venture point, my point of departure, is kind of hard to pinpoint. I think because your your goals, your your if you you have these shifting goalposts, right? So that's. <laughs> Uh, it also kind of depends on where you are uh, at, the, at the moment that you start. But I think initially for me, um, it just started out as, as this game. Okay, so I just want to make more money than I do working. Um, and then like, I think my original, I think still my, my goal is to kind of buy myself my own place, buy myself a house. Uh, I think that has always been the main goal. Right to acquire enough capital to kind of be able to do that, and then as things got bigger and and, and turned more lucrative, it's like okay, um, this might actually be get get better, and then it it turns into okay, maybe I can uh, get my retirement earlier than in my sixties. Maybe uh, I can move it towards a sooner point in the future, right? So kind of financial freedom is also for me like the most important thing. But I, I think my initial starting point was just okay. I, I wanna, I want to acquire more capital so that I can more easily buy myself my own place. That was always been my goal, and it still is my goal. And after that, I'll, I'll see what I do. Yeah. Do that sound logical? Because I didn't. Yeah, yeah. You really started. You really started with a plan. Like you had your, well. You had your uh, your spending. Uh, you kind of budgeted everything you did. I didn't have that specifically because I started working. I started investing during my first part time job. Yeah. Really, uh, being in a way earlier stage in life, just still studying, not really knowing what to do, just experimenting around. Um, so I didn't really have any solid goals in the like okay i want to acquire capital to make it easier to buy a house which is still kind of my venture it's still kind of my goal ultimately <laughs> did i buy buy the house already no i didn't <laughs> that's multiple reasons uh, let's not go into that yeah. um, but okay so what happened to me was I was invested in stocks right i i i bought a bunch of natural gas and I owned some tech companies and I was focused on the dividends, right? I wanted to um, accumulate companies, businesses, parts of businesses that pay dividends and then use those dividends to reinvest, grow my portfolio, as a result, grow my dividends, right? The snowball effect. 
that I did. Um, and eventually I spoke to one of my customers while I was working in that, in that shop. And he's like, no, man, you need to look at crypto. You need to look at XRP. And, and, and then my origin story begins. Um, but my thinking was I want, because I knew Bitcoin and I obviously heard the mainstream news in 2020 of how shit it was and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, then the price went up and I was like, okay, so this crypto thing is interesting. But it's so volatile and blah, blah, blah. Stocks are a lot more generally uh, less volatile, which, which makes them generally um, also less profitable. But I did my research into XRP and I just didn't buy the all the money story, right? And 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 this is where um, things changed for me because I was talking to a friend of mine. He was like, "No, nah, you don't want to use, you don't want to get XRP for X Y Z reasons. Have a look at this." And I I am a guy, right? And this is psychology, and that's important. I'm 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 lazy. I like efficiency and effectiveness. I want to do as little as possible for as big of an outcome as I can. So I started digging into this quant thing. And if you're open-minded and respectful, you can get everything information-wise from people. People will DM you and get you up to speed, get you documents, everything. You just need to have an open mind and read. And, and I did. And then I saw the patent thing. And then I saw Gilbert's connections and so on, all that good FA stuff. That to me sounded a lot more permanent and safe. A moat, right? The, a moat is the water around a castle, um, which I also looked for whilst I was busy with my, my stock investing. So that resonated with me. Dove in and, and, and bought almost. Now, back then I went fully into, into quant within a week or so. Because I, I will get to that after the, the, the price stuff. I am, I am lazy. And I want to be efficient and effective. So I just grab awesome. money and yeah. No, I mean, you're not truly lazy, I think. No, 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 no. no Yeah, no, no. but you want the most effective outcome. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to work. I don't want to work. I, yeah. I Especially, I want to work, but for me, for my family, and do the things I love and like. And yeah, exactly. And I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't want to work for money, right? I don't want to work for no, money. You time for, for money yourself, to me. Yeah. yeah, time for money to me is, is stupid, right? Ever, I read the four-hour work week. That resonated so, so hard. And since then, I never looked back. So I knew trading wasn't for me. That being said, I did look at the charts. And I did make attempts to time bottoms, right? I, I bought in close around like four and a half euros or four and a half up to like like seven, eight, and, and so on. And then it did back. So I, I, I made sure that I had capital at the beginning of the month and capital that I had left at the end of the month and threw that in. And if there were big dips in between, I tried to, to scratch money from wherever I could. 
and build my position. So I built my position over about a year. Sold the sofa, we need to buy more clothes. Yeah, yeah. But but then obviously there came this moment where the entire market went berserk in 2021. And then I also got caught, right? And we had this DGen Ape group that I believe we shared. Yeah, the Ape bit. The DGen Ape bit. And 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 then I got sucked into the trading. And and that's when I learned that trading was absolutely not for me, right? Because then emotions start to become a thing. And yes, the rush when you see something go up, but also the devastation and the panic when something goes down. I mean, I, I like a good rush. I used to be a, a, a Marine for a long time. I, I, I thrived on that, but this is different, right? Because this is so far beyond the realms of control with the amount of knowledge and and understanding that I had of this market. And even then, right, we're talking crypto now, even beyond crypto, everything, the butterfly effect is, is, is not a joke. Everything impacts it. Somebody can can just pass gas in a McDonald's somewhere, and before you know, Bitcoin dumps another 10k, and everybody and 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 that just because I I, I cannot oversee, comprehend, understand. I I got really lucky because I eventually went into Truebit. And I got in there with, with like 15,000 euros. And because it just kept going up and up and up that day, I sold a ton of assets, including a little bit of Q&T, to throw that in there to capitalize on the bonding curve. And then in the evening while I was celebrating, there was this giant red dildo. <clears throat> and price just went down to like, what, four cents or something. Some people <clears throat> lost deep six figures aping into Truebit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know of a friend of ours who lost uh, multiple three digits uh, Q&T, four digits. Never, okay, let's let's not go there. Let's not but go there. I, I, I managed to recover my losses from Truebit and came out net zero. Took me a week of stress. I actually had to tell the missus, okay, honey, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I got greedy. And you know that money that we had invested? Yeah. Eh, I kind of put 25% in this project. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, so, something like that, numbers like that. Um, that was one of the hardest conversations I ever had. I recouped everything, came out net zero. Um, but all the other shit that I sold, I did make a profit on. And, well, I was really lucky after that because all the assets that I sold at a profit after Trubit went down, they proceeded to tank, like, astronomically. And then I could buy back more Q&T than, than I had before, which is a pretty crazy story. But I decided to, 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 to never go there again. Why? Because I was on my phone all the time. And not in a in a casual way, like I just checked every now and then we have something something interesting, and we do. I have a guest planned for uh, next week, but I wasn't looking on my phone. But that's a relaxed way of checking, and that's a relaxed way of communicating. But the endless cycles in my head: should I buy? Should I sell? Sell? 
is the market going down? Is the market going up? It just, yeah. Are you winning that, son? Back up your stuff. I just lost the house. Shit like that. And, oh. and, and, and then I thought to myself, but why? Why, why, why would I do this to myself? Because I had I had like a week and a half of pure agony and despair and self-loathing. And I mean, I have kids and, and it was like, how did I get stuck in? And that was also the week after that, that I left uh, the DJ and 8 pit. Because um, I needed a break. And that was just from like two, three weeks of escalation. Yeah, I mean, I was there as well in 2021. I didn't, I didn't yolo that much. I, I still have my senses, but I did. I mean, I did follow the hype in in, in certain things. I've lost tremendous amounts of money, just aping into stuff. Uh, it's not that's not very good for your mental health. Luckily, whenever I always kind of keep sane with these things, I don't. Mm start throwing in more and more and more money. Um, That's but... true, but besides that, right, there is no, no way that someone can trade crypto without a fuck ton of experience and inside information, or at least um, absolutely, yeah. you need to know things, so you need to be on the ball. And and even then, right? Then there's guys that are like, yeah, but I'll just I'll just buy top 50 coins. Um, and I trade those. But you'll be behind a computer the entire day. And most of those coins, they will, and we'll get that in a bit, react very similarly when daddy shitcoin West is nappy. And that kind of defeats the purpose. So what is left then, and that's what we did in the DGN 8 pit, you look for sub 1 million, preferably sub 250k uh, <laughs> gems, low in low cap gems in quotation marks. And, 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 you, and you just buckshot the hell out of it, right? So you take like 10 bets. Oh, this has a dog icon. Oh, this has a pussy cat on it. Ooh, this has a very, very, very dirty name. This can be the owners. We're so early. If it goes up ten thousand times, then I'll make X. And and yes, yes, it works for some people. Yeah, and but, that comes to stress because then you buy into it. And sure, if you're at the front end of it, you'll probably win. You will probably come out as a winner. Uh, but then out. you. But you, but how do you right. get out? Indeed, like I, I, well. A, a coin can myself, go but... to 10,000 with 10,000 supply. That does not mean that if you own a thousand coins, you can get your 10,000 out. No, you need it, the liquidity. It, you need the liquidity. And everybody's fighting for that liquidity. And those tokens make the gains, but you just can't get out. And if you can get out, and I also did this, I once paid 700 euros of ETH fees just Insane. to get the fuck out of some project. It was a good trade. Made made money out of that. But man, just the agony, the sheer agony and the stress. Not for me. It requires a special kind of psychology. I mean, 
we are still in in a similar spin-off group of the Legion Eight Pit, and there are people there that 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 love looking for the next token that you can scoop up really cheap, and 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 they share their earnings from time to time, and sometimes like, oh, dude, wow, that's so amazing. And then there's always the same two, three people. Send me the ticker, and 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 they will try and dive in as well. Um, I mean, it's also looking for a rush. I think I'm not sure. Um, and there's arguably a lot of people that are really good at it. I just don't think you find those people in Telegram. Because no. uh, if if you're really good at that, why would you be there? That's very altruistic. I mean, it could be, but yeah. yeah. I think the people, those low cap gems, so to call it, the ones who win or they have insider information, they were informed earlier, they were invited to certain pre-sales that you weren't part of as being member of the public. And the, the risk is for the longer term, do you yeah. get out? Can you get out? Or, or, or is it, quote unquote, an addiction? I know I am addiction prone, but I am also very stress averse. Um, I don't like stress anymore. Rather limit it from a life wherever possible. I actually um, got out today out of a certain coin. Like um, I'm not gonna name anything like it, but I was kind of happy. I didn't. I didn't thank the price. It, it was very it actually worked. Like I put in these these. So you have certain ways of selling, right? So on an exchange, you can go for the market buy or the market sell where. The, the exchange will just forcibly sell your crypto at that price. Uh, if you do that, you run the risk if there's no liquidity that the, you will just tank the price, lose money there. And so it went for a limited yeah, order. Slippage, right? So, yeah, exactly. You, you have to slippage. Uh, <laughs> it will tank the price. You will get a lower reward. So I just used limit orders and had some patience. And that actually worked. I was really happy with it. But it gives you yeah, stress that, already in a kind of a well-known coin that's yeah. that's not too bad liquidity even there. That's also that, that's also how I got out of my true bit uh, conundrum by just placing limit orders. I was active at my computer, um, but just tried and look for the for the liquidity and such. But if we're then looking at quant, right, and 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 this is where where things get get a little bit. Um, difficult for people because if you can buy a token now and you can research what the purpose of the token is or what the company is, um, what is their position in the market and who, who are they uh, tailoring to, right? Then you can also derive a time horizon for expected profits. Not going to lie, back in 2020, I really think thought that by 2021, what will be a thousand? Um and since then, I learned a lot because those short time frames trying to predict prices, that's just ridiculous. You it can't is just, do it. It, it, it is Don't naive. Try to do it, it, is, it, it is childish. I mean, Ropel and, and, and people like him, they're not bad traders, right? You can say of Ropel whatever you want, but he's not an idiot. Man is very wealthy. Man built a very very healthy business um he's not an idiot but he also got caught up in overconfidence and 
the market is the market and things happen. But still, I am three years in this crypto thing. And I am still in profits. Well, and in the meantime, like say the last year and a half, I've been slowly DCAing out, not with the intention of going into fiat, but whenever I wanted something or we needed something, I just got it from some profits, whether that was at um, at a hundred, at two hundred, and three hundred, and I, I I ran some numbers and I realized that I just about got my initial out over the duration of a year and a half. And yes, I have no money in my savings account, <laughs> but I, I I did get a nice car that I needed. I got an upgrade for my computer, a nice little microphone, and 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 some other stuff. We had a couple of holidays with the family. And because um, I, I just DCA'd in the beginning, my average buying price was pretty good. And my average exit is so far also pretty good. But my investment horizon was initially at least five years. Um, there's still like two years left for that. I still feel we're going to make those targets. It's been pretty relaxed. Besides all the shenanigans that I just spoke of, it was pretty uneventful. And it feels, I'm using this word intentionally, like there's good times coming. Yeah. But but based on what? And um, we're going to have a look at, at the quant price. We're going to have a look at... Um, what trading could have gotten you, and uh, then we'll go on to uh, Monsieur Buffett's uh, thing. Tim, yeah, you might sure. have to take like a five-minute break. Uh, I do not actually. Oh, <laughs> Tim, the panic! I thought I'd wake him up a bit. Now we had, we had a wee little break. So I'm looking here at the good old Coin Gecko. And what you can see here is Bitcoin is at 25,000. Uh, we, 25 we are not seeing anything. You are right. Wake up call for me as well. <laughs> uh, Bitcoin, 25,500 euros. Uh, last seven days, there's a little, little 5% gained. Um, if we look at BNB, it has a very similar graph, same as ETH, pretty similar also for XRP, um, Cardano, Doge, right? They all move when the rest moves. And why is this interesting? So if you look at this, right, there's little nuances but generally, Daddy Bitcoin leading the way. In this case, ETH, it seems leading the way. And, and the rest just follows. So how can you capitalize on this as a trader? You have to be glued to your screen and you need to be scalping, right? Because in a day, these are pretty volatile things. This requires you to be at your screen the entire time. Timing this, the highs, the lows, well... If you find it, you're going to be one of the first because there's also bots 
market makers, algorithms, God knows what you want to call it, but they, they know more than you. They have lower latencies than you, and they have a lot more data, probably, than you. So you will always be late to the party, and you will most likely not consistently time the tops and the bottoms. Does that mean you cannot make money? Uh, no, you can make money. But you will be behind your one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight screens, getting a nice little tan, sitting in air conditioning, if you're lucky, and, and hoping you get a bunch of, of good calls. Um, but as you can see on the graphs here, and I'm just going through CoinGecko for the people on, uh, on the podcast, it, 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 it's all the same, right? The last two days, give or take, everything went up just a bit. Um, after it declined, like the day before, until three days prior, right? So midweeks. Um, all the graphs are pretty similar. There's a couple of exceptions. You know, we have we have Stellar here that doesn't play ball. We got Avalanche that's not playing ball. Um, OKB, don't know what it is. They have been going up consistently, almost thirty degrees. Um, which 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 seems nice, but how do you know? How can you find that out? Now we have Quant. It's also not doing really well over the last seven days, um, and so on. Look at Quant. We are right now at eighty five euros and seventy five cents. Looking over seven days, it's That's give stable. or take net net zero. So there is a lot of potential here for trading. Right, looking on the sixteenth. One at night, we were at 88. And that same day, the 16th, at 1,500. So that's 14 hours later, we were down back to 85, right? So if you have a decent bag and you were awake one at night or maybe five in the morning, um, you could have sold a top and you could have bought back um, either that day or until Monday the 18th. So that would have given you two days to make a trade. But it looked like it was going down and down and down because it's lower lows and highs. And then you get into the TA, and that's a whole study in itself. Um, but if you're good at it, I mean, there's a lot of spikes in the quant graph. And it seems to gravitate to ranging for the last periods, right? Like in, in a certain range. Um, I mean, it would be profitable if it's worth your time. Um, but there is a risk, right? So if you right here on September 8th, if you would have at 94 euros bought a bunch because you thought we were going up, and you panicked on Monday 11th, you would have lost 10 euros per Q&T. Depending on the size of your stack, that can be a lot of money. Um, and I know I'm, 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 I'm dumb as fuck when it comes to these things. That's why I don't trade. But looking at, like, max, I bought here, somewhere in 
beginning of June, end of May. Yeah. Four euro thirty. <clears throat> and if we put it to log, then we did pretty well. That's still a moderate twenty X. With very little yeah, stress. Yeah, yeah, I mean, about somewhere like five months later. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's around a tenner, ten to forty, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that. That's still a nice four X that you have right now. On average. Yeah, on on average on community. Then, <laughs> as I said, go back to Richard's episodes. I already had multiple. Like, I already had my profits, and they rotated into QT. Yeah. Uh, See, so I didn't start there. I started in 2019. Ah, 2020. Sorry, I started in 2020. Uh, a couple of there, months before there, Yarno started, just in different cryptos. <laughs> there, there is a thing to be said for trading, right? Because right now we're in the bear market, and 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 bear markets are a very good time for making money, right? So if you can now find assets you want to hold, you should buy them. Could it go lower? Yes. We'll get to that in a bit. Historically, will it go up again? Depending on what you're buying. If you're a trader, you are kind of in control throughout the cycle. If you have the balls and if you have the, the money, because there's always going to be volatility, and especially in the bear market, volatility uh, will be king because there will always be hope. There will always be fear because people trade emotions. And good traders generally less than inexperienced traders, but all people have emo people have emotions. And especially in crypto, there's a lot of idiots around. So as a trader, you can make money if you're willing to make the hours, be awake. I, I, I've read the stories of people are actually with their missus in the live in the bedroom on guard duty to watch the laptop because it might just fall apart and then we need to sell, right? Stuff like that. Um, that's that's not for me. Yeah, and I mean, yes, you can no. use stop losses and and leverage and. I have everything programs. I got some notifications today that I my orders were hit. I was like, "Yay, I made money!" Yeah, I mean that 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 that's a thing. But imagine doing that week week round, and 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 that's your way to accumulate. Uh, I your couldn't. I, I I could never. No, it's also not for me. But I mean, there there's people that do. Um, and I think you need to identify for yourself who you are and why. And yeah, look especially for the longer term, right? And because that's that's what we're looking at. Because most people we know are holders, right? They buy, they hold. And mm, on June 16, twenty three, this article was updated last. This is on trading two one two dot com. Link is in the description. Um, they analyzed Warren Buffett's rules for investing. And um, the introduction is as follows. Warren Buffett has one of the best and longest investing track records ever. Fortunately, over the years, he has been happy to share many pearls of wisdom 
that help explain his success. Here are the 20 the most important. So we picked Warren Buffett because he is one of the most well-known investors. He, Charlie Munger from uh, Berkshire Hathaway, but also Kevin Lynch. Uh, there's a couple of other legends out there. Um, they have a strategy that they devised and it just works, right? doesn't have to work for you. Um, some things worked in the past. Maybe they will not work in the future. Um, I mean, it, everything takes time and effort. Th these tips are really interesting. And, and what you will notice is that most of these tips do not work for crypto. And, and, and we'll show you why. So um, th they have some big ideas. He has some big ideas. So Warren Buffett is one of the best investors of all times, making him somebody every new investor should want to listen to and emulate. Buffett's rules for investing are straightforward in theory, but most people need help to apply them. Emotional investing still reigns supreme. These investing rules remain powerful despite changing market conditions. They contain timeless wisdom and common sense without complex jargon. And this is a nice quote. What the wise do in the beginning, fools do in the end. Which is uh, pretty funny. Um, the Oracle of Omaha has overseen a 19.8% average annualized return on the company's Class A shares. Okay. Um, so, 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 so that is nice. That is 20% profit every year. That's right? absolutely uh, insane. 20% yeah. per year on average. Yeah. Since the 1960s. Yeah. 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 And it's a ridiculous if, amount if, of money. If you take into account how that has grown his portfolio, right? So if you begin with 100, with a 20% return, at the end of the year, you have 120. And if you index that, let's see. Compound interest calculator. Yes, this is a tip. So if you go to investor.gov and your initial investment is 100, your monthly contribution is zero. The length of time in years since 1965, let's say 60 years. And the estimated interest rate, he did it at 19.8%. The variance is zero and the compound frequency is annually. He will now have in 60 years, $5 million. $5 million. Now you can see it on the screen here. So if you start 60 years ago with $100, you don't put any money in in a month. You let it sit for 60 years at 20%. And you get it compounded annually you will have $5 million in 60 years. Yeah. So that's huge. And he did not but, start with a hundred. Huh? No. And and, I mean, and he added in between because most dividend shares and, and Warren Buffett is, 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 is a big, uh, big fan of dividend stocks. They sometimes pay out every month. Some, every quarter, other six months or a year, and you can just reinvest those. Yeah, Tim. 
No, I mean, getting 20% is just mind-blowingly good. I think usually if you take like 5 to 8%, you're doing well. Yes, yes. 20% so, is a ridiculous example. Savings <laughs> interests are, are next to nothing. And I believe the annual of uh, the average S&P gain per year is, I believe, 8%, something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It's like 8%, which is still really good. Yeah. But this compound interest... This is what happens. It's exponential gains. Um, funny story on my end. Um, but my mother died when I was really young, when she was nine. And as per uh, per law, I am then entitled to a certain percentage, one third, because I have a sister as well, of the um, inheritance. But that is then um, calculated at that time. What is the wealth of the family at that time? And then there is an interest marker tied to that. And the marker for us was 7.25%. That ran for 30 years when we calculated it this year. And I told my dad that um, the amount of money back then, um, I, I'm just going to say it was calculated to now it was about 7,000 euros. And that was now worth 57,000 euros on a 7.25% interest rate. My dad was like, no, that can't be right. And I showed him this calculator. I'm like, dude, I am not doing the math here because he knows my math. This this is just a computer. And and, and this is how it goes. And and what happened, like the first year, it's it's tiny, right? But now... 7% over 57,000 euros every year that adds another 3K. So next year it's 60. And then you need to apply the 7.25 to the 60. And then it's not 3K, but then it's like 4K. And then it's 64. And the line goes just up, 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 up from there. So, um, yeah. 18, 19.8% what he made, crazy numbers. So um, rule number one, it's a very uh, comprehensive one. Don't lose money. Buffett is a pretty risk-averse investor, which might seem a strange thing to say about the world's greatest financier, but portfolio protection is the first step towards wealth. Rule number two, don't forget rule one. By investing in, in great companies, preferably when they are trading at a steep discount, Buffett cautions never to take unnecessary risks with your capital. Always have a margin of safety. That's rule number three. Yeah, And this is already where crypto does not meet the spec. Yeah, and we're talking, okay, let's say we're talking 2030 and quant is worth five figures. Let's be very conservative. That would mean for a lot of people that they will have a million or more available. I would say that would be a good time to spread your risk a bit and diversify. There are people that say, oh, then I put a little bit into ETH and I put a little bit into Bitcoin. I put a little bit into XRP. Well, trust me, a couple of those will not exist in 2030. That's number one. Then you have seen the graphs that we showed you 
Everything is correlated with each other. Everything. If Bitcoin shits to bed or Ethereum shits to bed, it pulls the rest of the shit show with it. A margin of safety. Uh, the difference, this is the difference between the fair value of a company and the market value. What is the fair value of a crypto? Tell me, how do you derive that? How do you apply that generally? How would you say that a specific crypto coin is better than another? Most of the owners are Anon. Most of the markets that they are dipping their toes in are so nascent. You, you, you cannot derive any reliable information. So you, you have no foundation to start with. The lower the market value relative to the fair value, the greater the margin of safety. The rule stipulates that the less you understand about the business, the larger your margin of safety needs to be if you plan to invest in it. Yeah. So the lower the market value relative to the fair value, how are you going to derive that? You don't know because you don't know generally what the cone targets or, or whom are going to be interested. For stocks, you can. You can actually look that up. I'll put the link to this in the description as well. It's called Seeking Alpha. So Seeking Alpha, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's free and it works. And yeah, they're probably annoyed because of my, my VPN. What's this to ensure that it's up in the future and I will JavaScript to your browser? Uh, yeah, okay. whatever. Just click the link, bro. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but seeking alpha market analysis, you can literally find anything. If you look here at Tesla, you can click on Tesla. I'm now clicking on seeking alpha. You can see the price. You can see the ratings. If you want to look up dividends, it doesn't have them. Um, but you can you, you, you can find everything. Give or take, some things are obviously locked because they do want to earn money. You can look at the growth. Um, there are ways you can find all the earnings uh, reports and shit. Um, this is a very good resource. Yeah, yes. So with that, you can derive actually what is fair value because you can see what is the PE, what is the, the EBITDA, right? So that's the uh, earnings before interest, debt, blah, 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 all those things. You can find that and you can see what a company should be worth. There are rules of thumb for that. Crypto, not so much. So find companies with good financials. Yeah, that's uh, akin to my previous point. Go to something like Seeking Alpha um, if you want to do this yourself. Look it up. Look at the income statements. These things for public companies are public record. You should be able to look at that. For crypto, <laughs> yeah, so it's got to be a little bit difficult to find uh, financials, even for quant. One of the main fun things right now thrown in our face by Linkies is, yeah, quant is broke because they had no money in 2020, so they have no money now. But you, you can find this online. Annual profits, total sales, vital metrics. <coughs> Then we got rule number five, find companies with good earnings, right? So if the stock price goes up, then you got um, here. I'll just read this. Buffett looks for companies with a strong history of earnings. 
in the five to 10 year range. He is not concerned with quarterly earnings because he believes this short-term outlook is a bad attitude. Company with small profits and small earnings that is only two years old will not make it into Buffett's portfolio, right? He is a value investor. And in the future, if you want to safeguard your money, right? Because crypto will not live forever, quant will not live forever. Um, you want to look at businesses that have been around for a while, especially if you want dividends. A company that just that, that exists for like five or 10 years will probably not even have dividends because to pay out dividends, you need to have excess cash. And, and, and a startup that's a company that exists for fewer than five to 10 years um, does not have that. There's no so, way. <laughs> I mean, there is a way, but it's not the way generally how businesses are built, right? Most businesses take on a ton of debt so they can grow quickly and, 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 and they either make it or they die. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, Move quickly, break shit. That's the strategy. And that's what a lot of software companies do as well. Just move quick and break shit. Because if you break something, you can improve and then you have results. If you keep testing and testing and testing, you'll never go to market and somebody will overtake you. That's also why there are NDAs. But that's another topic. So look for consistently high returns on equity. Warren Buffett focuses on a return on equity more than the earnings per share. This shows a focus on increasing business value instead of speed of earnings and growth, right? Um, a company can, for instance, Tesla. It took a while for Tesla to be profitable. It, Amazon, yeah. same story. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if Tesla is, is profitable, profitable already. They might still be making losses. Uh, but I don't know. I know nothing about Tesla. Yeah, can be bothered to look it up now. But you, 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 yours. You, yeah, you you can find all those things. But a company, for instance, Amazon, very famous meme, crypto bros know this. The stock is not the company, and the company is not the stock. Stock price can go down, but if all the internal metrics are going up, then you get the discrepancy that they talk about here, right? Uh, margin of safety. If all the metrics for the company go up, but the stock price goes down, look at Quant, Biz News, City News, uh, Nexi, all those things are a given. But Quant price is still bleeding a little bit. Does that mean it's a shit company? Uh, no, it just means that the price goes down. And a return on investors' capital, that's rule number seven. The return on invested capital is an important metric for quickly gauging how well a company generates returns proportional to its investment. Okay, this is a formula. I'm not going to dive into this. Look this up yourself. But yeah, because otherwise it's going to be a very long show. <laughs> how are you going to gauge this for crypto? Same for the past one. Look on consistently high return on equity. How are you going to, to, to gauge this properly? How are you going to anticipate this, right, in the, in the preliminary stages? Because most of the companies don't exist long enough. 
They don't have transparent finances. The only thing we have is the charts that are different on every fucking exchange. What are you going to do? How, 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 are, how are you going to, to, to look at, at, at a company while you're in an earthquake, while there's a hurricane going on with an incoming tsunami? It's not going to work. There's no steady foundation. There's nothing to, to focus on. Is it conservatively financed? You're not going to find that in crypto. You cannot look that up. Does the company earn more money than bonds? <laughs> what is a bond, Yarno? Well, uh, bonds are um, technically debt that, 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 that they sell. So they, they, they get money and... Um, it, it's another form of stock, right? You buy someone else's debt and there's a annual interest on that. Yeah, five year, ten year bonds, and so on. Yeah, that is really, really safe to invest, but it can also be very, very detrimental because it's often not as easy to get out of them. Also, different, different episode. Um, but yeah, bonds generally uh, more safe. Uh, back in the day, 60-40 portfolio was advised for a medium risk. Right, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, because if stocks go down, bonds go up, and that is then your hedge. Um, but yeah, uh, bonds are generally better than crypto. Uh, but yeah, uh, bonds could be a very nice, but this is also a different episode way to diversify. Um, does the yeah, company if you're have a, a real slow time it, investor? Yeah, right. I mean, but if, if, if you, you have. have it, if you have five but, to ten million, you could very well just put 10-20% in bonds. Yeah. The thing is with bonds, so these inflation rates that we've seen mm -hmm. last couple last couple of years, I'm not sure about bonds. Like with the amount of inflation, uh, you're not you're <laughs> Now the inflation okay was short we, term, though. If, uh, if, uh, true, we, we've had this really interesting scenario where uh, interest the interest rates were really low. We have peak inflation now; its interest rates are going up again. So now it might be profitable again. Uh, yeah, inflation now is around three percent. Yeah, it, and it's October okay, high was fourteen and a half last year. Say so, yeah, then but, you're actually losing money on bonds. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. but back to back to the back to the yeah. Article. So uh, this this is this was for me the most important thing. Rule number ten: Does the company have an identifiable, durable, competitive advantage? Right. So Buffett likes to understand what sets the business he invents he invests in apart. Having a competitive advantage in its industry for a period of ten years or more demonstrates its durability. This is particularly relevant to technology stocks, which can be rendered obsolete. If a rival company comes along with a superior product, companies and industries with high barriers to entry are often a good buy or ones with a stranglehold on the market, such as Gillette or McDonald's. No rival company is likely to take over from them overnight. Yeah. So this is a part of the moat of a company. Um, the, the thing that it does is that special is it relevant in five to 10 years? And can somebody else steal their lunch, right? Want for me fit this perfectly. 
rather than XRP, which just tries to be money. Um, do you understand how the product works? This is also interesting. Yeah, a lot of people think in crypto that they know how this works. Um, I don't even think I understand how quant works anymore. No, I uh, confess we, we, we I spoke do not about really this, know. and we are the portrayed quote unquote experts. Well, trust me, um, crypto knows very few experts, and we are not two of them. Um, do we understand how it works? Uh, we thought we did. Do we know now? Eh. <laughs> anyway, rule 12. Avoid companies that might be obsolete in 20 years. I am pretty sure Quant will exist in 20 years. I am not so sure if the token exists in 20 years. Bitcoin? Bitcoin will exist in 20 years. But it would not be worth 10 million. I, I do not see it. Same with Ethereum. Will Ethereum exist? I don't know. The more we let democracy rule those projects, the slower it will evolve. That's why there are so many forks. And every time that happens, shit just gets split up and eventually i mean the trouble it took ethereum to move to the proof of stake bitcoin the proof of work will it persist i don't know you want to put your money where your mouth is i don't i'm not but sure no try um, engage this for crypto in general i think well, crypto in, in this sphere will be around in 20 years. Uh, we just will it though? What... Will it? No, it? It will be around, but not in its current in its current form. Yes. I, I think that everything that we see in crypto right now, that will just move to exchanges under the same laws. We know Mica is coming. And the, the crazy innovation that was going on in the last three to five years, that will be gone because it will not be so easy to source money anymore. And because of that, a lot of people will not start anymore. So there will be fewer, well, let's just throw this against the wall and see what sticks. As a result, there will also be fewer scammers, so there will probably be more capital left over for, for better projects. But the barriers to run an ICO will be very, very, very different. So getting money for nothing, that's going to be difficult. So I think it's just like, the, let's put it this way. I think crypto will exist. It will just be with different products than we have some right now. I think tokenization for example is something we've barely capitalized on um, yes but that will be ran that, by 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 already public companies yeah right? but because the, 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 true, they but let the, us fuck around they let us get get screwed over and 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 they will take the reins yeah you know, what i'm trying to say is that i think that established companies will issue their tokens on crypto markets right so you will have shares uh, on like traditional stock markets, but you will also see that utility tokens 
from certain companies will enter the crypto sphere. I think that is what will ultimately happen so that you have right all those kind of startups that we have now the vast majority 98 to 99 percent of them will fill we have around 10 12 20 000 crypto tokens at the moment i don't even know i don't want to look it up i want to finish the show the next 15 uh minutes <laughs> 10, uh, it's probably 10 000 yeah um i've made this argument quite a couple of times and we'll do it here right now again we will see maybe max 100 to 150 tokens at the end. Maybe a bit more, could be. Um, but there will just be a very limited amount of companies that be in this market. Look at what happened with the dot-com bubble. Yeah. Now the entire internet thrives on Google, Amazon, Facebook, uh certain Microsoft services Jarna was scolding about earlier uh, this evening. Bing. Uh, you will have certain other companies in that space, but it, it are like 15 companies, max. And they are all under umbrella companies, right? So YouTube is part of Google, uh, Instagram is part of Facebook, etc. Uh, I think the same thing will happen with crypto. No. We will that time that play out. And, and, and then the question no. is, will quants be part of that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. It will probably still be a segregated thing, right? Digital assets versus the the stocks. I think the stock markets will obviously also digitize, but yeah, it could very well be that if you look at where the uh, the tokens are traded, they could remain the same. I'm just saying that the 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 way tokens come in existence now that will not exist anymore absolutely yeah we agree on that good so um if a company does well the stock usually follows says warren buffett which is um something i uh pray for every night <laughs> does the company yeah, but that, that, that doesn't I sorry, sorry to interrupt. Okay, you. Go, go. I, I want to finish as much as you yeah, do yeah. as well. Like that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the stock will actually follow. Like you, you can have a great company, uh, but also if you look back twenty years in time, you could have uh, shares in Microsoft or Oracle or some other companies, and they, they it, it took them almost 15, 16, 17, 18 years even to break even to their highest point of that bubble. So yeah, the stock might do, you might have a great company, but there are nuances here. If but the company does I well, do the stock agree, usually follows. Yeah, exactly. You just yeah. pay attention to the word usually. <laughs> yeah. So does the company allocate capital completely in its realm of expertise? So this is also an interesting one. For crypto, you don't notice. And you 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 can know this obviously for stocks. Um, you can find that probably on Seeking Alpha. So what are they investing in? Are they investing in their in their main vehicle, in their main products? Or are they just beating around the bush, fucking around with God knows what? Um, uh, here. <laughs> this is sometimes referred to as diversification. Yeah. So if you're in quant and you're putting it in something else in crypto, you're not diversifying, you're diversifying. I love it. This is going to be my new thing. Um, 
So rule number 14, is the company free to raise prices with inflation? This is an interesting one. Not relevant to crypto at all. Um, I'm not going to dive into this. Are large capital expenditures ahead, right? Think uh, servers. Think uh, rules and regulations. Think exchange listings. All these things. How do you know? How do you know? Where can you find it? And this is a funny one. Buy at the right time, Tim. It is entirely possible to purchase an excellent company at the worst possible time. The stock market tends to move in unison a lot of times so that you could be buying before market crash. The stock might be priced very high for various reasons that do not reflect fair value. So always look, enter nearer to the lows than to the highs. <clears throat> um, this is what Tim said, right? If you buy in the in a bubble, at the top of the bubble, yeah, it could take you well over 15 years to recover, recuperate your losses. Or if you're in crypto, it will not recover at all. Is the company actively buying back its shares? And this is an interesting one because VXV is actually attempting this. And Quant is doing this. VXV, uh, this is not uh, the endorsement for VXV. But they were talking about buying back because they have a very small supply. Their tokens. Companies buy back shares as well, right? Because the company raises money by putting out shares. So they're, gift, they're, they're, they're selling bits of their company. You're the owner of a bit of company if you own the shares, unlike with tokens. Companies, when they have excess cash, they buy back their shares, right? So um, if you buy back the shares, you own more of your company. That testifies to your faith in your company, your belief in your company and the strategy. It's, it's a bullish signal. And by simple businesses. Now, one reason why Buffett Rule 18 is that enterprises will change management over time and often into the hands of people less competent and with less experience. But simple businesses are harder to mess up. <laughs> yeah, that also makes sense. And 19, be a long-term investor. Long-term investing is the core ethos. The longer you hold onto good stocks, the better your returns will be. This removes the problem of short-term volatility, may cause investors to buy at a high, sell at a low. Time is your friend of the wonderful company, the enemy of the mediocre. And the best time to sell is never. And I love this one. Buffett would prefer not to sell his stock. He just accumulates more earning capital gains and dividends along the way. With good stocks, the longer you hold them, the more they will be valued. Most of the time, this will not be possible because it is a short list of companies that consistently form over the long term. And a good example of this is Coca-Cola. Uh, that was one of his most famous things. He bought it when it was relatively tiny. He just held on to it, never sold a share. And that just keeps accumulating and it keeps accruing value. And that is because of our inflation economy, ladies and gentlemen. And you can curse at inflation, whatever you want. But if everything is tied to a gold standard, your stocks will not go up. I mean, it's... Bitcoin, global reserve... <laughs> It just it just doesn't work, doesn't add up. Because then the entire economy that we've built stops working. And yes, you're of the opinion that it doesn't work now. Well, 
that's on you. Wrong show. Yeah. Bye. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, just a short recap. Like, uh, yeah. one hour, 45 minutes in. 43 oh, minutes man. In. I, oops, uh, I did it. Basically, yeah, basically just stay comfy. That's what we're trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. And think long term, make yeah. rational decisions based on as much data as you can get. And if you cannot find data on whom are the customers, what are they solving and why? Who is using it for what? And will that be relevant in the next five to 10 years? Um, and you will hold quant right now and you're looking for something else to put your money in and you cannot answer these questions? Hold on to your quant. There will come a time, we still hope, that you will get returns on your QT one way or another. Either exchanges yeah. will offer gateways, we get gateways, um, or, or maybe there is some other way, shape, or form where you can get a return that you can yeah. reinvest, maybe lending, maybe something else. But what is, to me, a certainty is that with the low supply of tokens, it is a near mathematical inevitability that quant will go up. Yes. And, and we also learned that you shouldn't put all your X in one basket here. So do we? Yeah, I'm not sure if he actually mentioned that. No, Rewatch the show. You've had <laughs> one hour forty-five minutes to see if we actually said that or not. Um yeah, I'm 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 done really. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been I'm a long tired. episode. Make sure to check the description of the video. Uh look at the compound interest calculator. Have a look for yourself. Check uh, Seeking Alpha. Make sure to look at investing.com for just general advice. And uh, this is inflation and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Next English episode will be on October. It will be recorded on October 2nd. and will be aired on October 4th, 5th, 5th, somewhere there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We see. have a guest. We, ha we will have a guest. And he October is 5th. Yeah, he's a very comfy comrade, and he actually uh, will be sharing his his journey, and and and, and he will be explaining how his Q and T journey within the community and his gains um, have helped him. Uh, that narrows it down by about one percent, <laughs> because ninety nine percent of our viewers and whatever are male. Um, <laughs> I would help him to, to 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 get to where he is right now, what he's doing. Um, it's going to be interesting. Tim, thank you for being thank back. Thank you, too. And for sharing in the conversation. I've been talking a lot once again. Um, <laughs> Your monologue. Oh, and I, I tried so hard to keep it small. Only two topics. You're, you're yeah, well, I think it's... But then you, Ireland you... came along, and that's where we lost, like, 45 minutes. No, nah, we... we we lost usually we take eight minutes for introduction now we did 16 17 so it was double the time uh, we also got lost in trying to recap a two-hour dutch episode in five minutes mm. Uh, mm. yeah that's that's difficult. we're learning we're getting better yeah but i think we still made a great show and um if you did please leave a like uh a comment or uh 
or just hit something on your Spotify screen we or would whatever love podcast, it if you share it on your socials streaming app you use just share it interact yeah. that would really help us forward yeah. uh, so I can go to other places in Europe and have more drinks with listeners yes. so that would be yes. great for me so spread the quamp ladies and gentlemen exactly and we yeah. will see you in Dutch next week and in two weeks in English yeah we'll Stay see comfy. you later Stay comfy.